is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into City and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Colby Bishop's 18th goal of the season sends Pompey on their way to a fourth consecutive victory, helping set the standard for the Blues going forward. Taking short the corner to Lowry. Now it's going to be whipped in by Dow towards the far post. Header is into the net! Colby Bishop! 18 for the season! Pompey have weathered the storm! And it wasn't just the three-point supporters were excited about this weekend, but also the return of Tom Lowry. He came off the bench to help John Bacino's side secure the win at Cambridge and spoke about the performance after the full-time whistle. It's a really good away performance. There's going to be games in this league, you know, where you, you come to these sorts of grounds and it's always going to be a really tough game, so it's important that you grind the result out when the performance maybe isn't the best. We'll also hear from the gaffer himself, who highlights how difficult games can be against teams fighting at the wrong end of the division. When you're playing sides that are in the bottom four and they are playing for their livelihoods and um, they're scrapping like that, it's very, very difficult. So to come away with three points is really, really pleasing. And it wasn't just the men in action this weekend. The Pompey women had a big cup semi-final ahead of them. They travelled to Nottingham Forest on Sunday. And there's a slip here with a back and this could be a fifth for Forest here. This is Moncaster and it will be five-star Forest who make the final. Unfortunately, defeat for Jay Sadler's side, falling at the final hurdle uh, and not quite reaching the final of the FA Women's National League Cup. We'll hear the thoughts of Jay Sadler between now and seven. Takes accountability for his team's performance at the Halbrook Stadium. Half time, we knew we were in the game. We, we knew we just had to be a better version of ourselves and we weren't, simply as. Second goal's gone in, heads have gone down and unfortunately this group, we crumbled, if I'm being honest. I mentally probably crumbled in a position we're in with the fans that have travelled down. It's a big moment for us and, and I think we let it slip through our hands. We'll be discussing both the men's and the women's results at the weekend as well as previewing Pompey's trip to Barnsley in League One tomorrow evening. So stick around until 7 o'clock this evening. You join us here on 93.7 Express FM for another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can track your bus and even prepay for your ticket as well. Find out more information on the services they can provide to you in your area as well as what they are doing to make their transportation services cleaner and greener by visiting the stagecoachbus.com website. Okay, you join us here on the Football Hour here on Express FM, your home of Pompey debate and discussion twice a week 
every weekend. On this evening's uh, instalment of the show, myself and two more Pompey fans will be here until 7 o'clock to discuss all of the action from the Abbey Stadium on Saturday as Pompey made it five unbeaten in the league. They do remain 10th on the table, but we'll come on to talk about the ramifications of that win and exactly how it happened on Saturday, but also focus on the Pompey women. A hefty defeat for them at the Holbrook Stadium uh, against Nottingham Forest in a cup semi-final. Nonetheless, we'll be talking all about that game and uh, the implications of it and how that can lead the team forward going into their next challenge next Sunday. We'll review that game from yesterday and look ahead to the next one for the Pompey women and hear from Jay Sadler across the next hour or so. As always, Pompey fans, we want to hear from you back home as well. 81400 is our text number here at Express. Do start your messages with that word Express and ends with your name as well so we know who it is that's getting in touch with, with us. You can also email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Let's start chronologically then and we begin with a victory for the Pompey men. A third straight victory in the league for John Messino's side who travelled to the Abbey Stadium full of confidence. Andy Moon and Guy Whittigam on the commentary there. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoots and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Cambridge United against Portsmouth in League One. It is live and it is underway. Corner for Portsmouth to defend. Where's it going to go? Towards the near post. Free header over the bar from Michael Morrison. And he looks skyward. He can't believe it. That, I'm afraid to say for Morrison, is what we tended to see from set pieces when he was in a blue shirt. Now comes infield looking for Jacobs. Morell goes to ground. Doesn't get the free kick. And Cambridge launch a counter-attack. Smith running to the right. Danger here. Smith gets on a perfect ball to him. He's got the end of the box. Shot blocked by the legs of Towler. Phil Cambridge didn't really make the most of that. Chance outside the penalty area for a shot to come in from McGrandles. And he has dragged it miles wide. Cambridge try and get in behind. Smith, Chan, wide of the target. Claiming it should be a corner, it's not. Tunnicliffe finding himself on the left again. Short to Lowry. We know he's someone that can get Pompey going. Looking to get Dale in behind. Dale has got him behind. Can he shoot? He can. Good save. Loose ball. Cleared away. First real save Mitos had to make. Taking short the corner to Lowry. Now it's going to be whipped in by Dale towards the far post. Header is in for the net. Colby Bishop. 18 for the season. Pompey have weathered the storm. And now they've struck. And it's Bishop again from a set piece. Cambridge nil. Portsmouth 1. Brophy coming down that right-hand side. Trying to go round the outside of Ogilvy. Cross into the middle. Good cross. Just over the head of Arnside. Still there for Seddon. Blocked. Closest Cambridge have come for some time. Corner kick. Whistle goes. Booze from some of the home supporters. It's another home defeat for Cambridge United and it's another victory for Portsmouth. Three and eight days in the away fans to our left will celebrate. 
Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are, they're the highlights of Saturday's 1-0 victory for the Blues away at Cambridge United's Abbey Stadium. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other results across League One from the weekend then. Uh, Morecambe 0, Bolton Wanderers 0, Accrington Stanley 2, Forest Green Rovers 1, Bristol Rovers 0, Barnsley 0, Cheltenham Town 1, Fleetwood Town 0, Derby County 2, Shrewsbury Town 2, Ipswich 4, Burton Albion 0, Lincoln City 1, Oxford United 0, Plymouth Argyle 2, Charlton Athletic 0, Port Vale 1, MK Dons 0, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Peterborough United 0, and Wickham Wanderers 1, Exeter City 1. So Sheffield Wednesday remain top of the table on 74 points. Plymouth Argyle remain second despite returning two winning ways at the weekend. Ipswich, Bolton, Derby and Barnsley make up the playoff positions. Barnsley, by the way, sixth place as things stand on 60 points. Tomorrow's opponents, of course, for the Blues. We'll come on to that game a little later on. Pompey down in 10th with 51 points, just nine points behind Barnsley with a game in hand. No, with no games in hand, rather. Barnsley have got that game in hand. But, of course, the two sides do meet at Oakwell tomorrow evening. Down at the bottom, Forest Green Rovers 11 points behind safety, having played three games fewer as well. Rock bottom of the division alongside Cambridge United, Milton Keynes Dons without a win in seven and Morecambe joined them in the relegation places then. Okay, joining me uh, this evening to go through all of the weekend's action and to preview the Blues trip to Oakwell a little later on as well. We joined tonight by Mr Ian Chiverton joining us over the phone lines. Chiv, good evening, my good friend. Uh, good evening, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I'm, uh, I would say, relaxed after two... Uh, I wouldn't say gruelling away trips, but Cambridge and Nottingham back to back is is quite um, is quite something, especially when you've got Barnsley away the next day. But we do it for the love of the Blues, and we start off tonight, Chiv, by reviewing Saturday's performance for the men: a one nil victory away at Cambridge, three league wins on the trot, five unbeaten. John Pacino really has turned things around, hasn't he? Yeah, it's starting to look a lot better, isn't it? I think. Um... The feeling among the supporters that I've spoke to is that perhaps the biggest thing he's done is simplified things, playing players in the right positions, not overcomplicating tactics. And the players seem to be responding well to him. And it might be a little, you know, a little not enough to get us into the playoffs. But, you know, it's been a decent watch. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere is getting a bit better at Fratton Park, returning to its old. Um, it's just good to see the team getting wins and. You know, sometimes you have to grind out results and we, we weren't at our best of the weekend, but we still managed to find a way to win and you, you've got to be encouraged by that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark McGee also joins us over the powers of the internet this evening. Mark, hello. Are you there? I am here, Jake. You are. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, mate. Very good after this weekend. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was a good weekend, uh, cer- certainly for the men. 1-0, as we mentioned, away at Cambridge United. Colby Bishop, Mark, on the score sheet again. That's now two matches in a row that he's found the back of the net after a very, very small dry spell for him. 18 for the season, third or joint third in the top goal-scoring charts in the division. For a season that Pompey have been a little bit underwhelming until, of course, John Messino's arrival, very important to have someone like Colby Bishop at the top of his game and still find him a back of the net on regular occasions. Yeah, it is. I mean, to be honest, uh, I've, I've, even though he's had somewhat of a dry spell, if you can call it that, 
he's uh, he's still contributing every game, in my opinion. He holds the ball up really well. I think in the 4-0 victory, unless I'm mistaken, I think he got two assists or at least one assist. Two. Um, yeah. uh, so, you know, even when he's not scoring, he's contributing. Um, but, you know, uh, we've had many strikers in the past that when they're not scoring, they are just god-awful, stink the place out. But... With him, I, I haven't really seen him put in a poor performance, to be honest. No. And someone who has also um, really impressed since the arrival of the new head coach, Chiv, is Ryan Tunnicliffe in that midfield again on Saturday, really orchestrating things. And I think if it weren't for perhaps Colby Bishop's goal or, or indeed Tom Lowry, someone we'll come on and talk to um, in just a few minutes, Ryan Tunnicliffe perhaps might have got that man of a match award again. He's someone who really is asserting himself in that position, particularly with now Marlon Packout injured for the next six or seven weeks. Yeah, it's given him the opportunity to have a run of games. Um, obviously, I don't get to all the away games. I try to watch them as much as I can, but um, listening to, you know, fans, I am reading the tweets of the fans that I respect online. It's pretty clear that he's been impressing fans of late and it's really good to see him. You know, it's, it's always nice to see a player who maybe doesn't get on with a previous manager and he gets a chance to, to get a second win under new management. And he's been doing really well. I don't think he brings anything spectacular to the side. I don't think that's his game. He just does the basics really, really well. And he's a very combative midfielder. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased for him, and I think that, yeah, he could be a big play f- player for us next season. Yeah. Don't forget, Pompey fans, if you would like to get in touch this evening, all the usual ways to do so, at ExpressFM on Twitter, email sport at expressfm.com. Go to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, and, of course, you can text the word Express followed by your name and message to 81400. A couple of uh, people already getting in touch this evening, particularly um, on the emails. Alan Haywood, good evening to yourself, Alan. Um, hi, Jake. Important three wins, three uh, points of a weekend. Three wins would be great, wouldn't it? Three uh, points of a weekend. Celebrations, Dan by the news about Ronan Curtis. Yeah, we'll come on and talk about that very, very shortly. I feel we needed him firing if we were going to sustain a playoff push. Still possible without, but would be even more difficult. In his absence, I'd have Jacobs in his preferred position on the left and Lowry in the middle. Not bad replacements at all, says Alan on the emails, who continues by saying... If he's up for it, I'd be okay with um, Ronan sticking around for another year. It is five months till August, so should be fine for next season. Hard to call the Barnsley result, but they are due a loss, and we are flying high. So very optimistically, go for a 2-1 win to Pompey. Needs much better intensity than at Cambridge to get a result. They play at Pompey. Cheers, Alan, on the emails. Ronan Curtis is someone we will be talking about in a few moments' time. But uh, within that email, Alan also mentioned one particular Tom Lowry. Um, Mark, we saw the return of Tom Lowry, or Mini Esther, whatever you want to call him, for the first time since Hereford away in the FA Cup. Uh, and that was quite a long time ago. Um, how great was it to see him back, Mark? And, and, well, actually, an instant impact he made coming off the bench. Oh, honestly, mate, I've been counting down the days and then looking at news articles and checking it every day to see if there's any updates on him. And I'm really glad to have him back. I think early doors at the start of the season, I wasn't really sure about his quality. I'd, I'd heard, you know, things about him and I know he's a popular figure at um, Crew, but oh, I, I just completely underestimated how good a footballer he is. His, his low centre of gravity, you can tell he's just got that extra bit of quality as well. And I think his, his sort of like snappiness and like sort of fast-paced passing and small um yeah sort of sort of small touches and quick touches it really complements Marlon Pack but I think 
having said that, his absence has actually brought the best out in our other midfielders, and I think having him back will, you know, increase the competition for places, and we might might actually see the best football from our midfield in the next few weeks. Potentially so. Uh, let's hear from the man himself now, shall we? Tom Lowry spoke to Henry Port after the full-time whistle at the Abbey Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Tom, a 1-0 win away at Cambridge today. Describe the performance. Uh, yeah, it was a good away performance. You know, it's, it's a really tough place to come. Uh, so, you know, we just had to grind out um, had to grind out the three points. And, you know, the performance probably wasn't the best at times. But, you know, that's, you know, that's to be expected. So, yeah, it was a really good win. Last night, back out there for the first time since your injury. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, really pleased to get back out there. Uh, it's been a long and frustrating time out. Um, but, yeah, really pleased to be back out there now. He obviously came on in the second half, made a real influence in the game, getting that uh, involvement in that goal. How, how did that feel when that moment in? Uh, yeah, it was great, obviously, in front of the travelling fans as well. Um, yeah, it was a great feeling, obviously, to, to, to come on and then to, to score so soon. Yeah, it was great. Set pieces were heavily involved in the goal. How important is that in the build up to these sort of games? Uh, yeah, seen that in a few in the last few games. Set pieces been really important, um, and you know we work hard on them in training and in the meetings before the game. So um, yeah, they're really important. Touching the fans there, of course. Obviously, they weren't stopping anything throughout the whole game. How great was that when you came onto the pitch? Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, obviously didn't really expect such a good reception, but yeah, it's always nice. Different kind of victory today, obviously, you know, a narrow 1-0 win. How important is it to grind up those sort of wins at, at grounds like this? Yeah, like I said before, it was a really good um, away performance. Um, there's going to be games in this league, you know, where you, you come to these sorts of grounds and it's always going to be a really tough game. So it's, a, it's important that you grind the result out when the performance maybe isn't the best. Of course, we're starting to pick up a bit of momentum now, a couple of wins along the way. How important is that as we get into the pivotal point of the season? Uh, yeah, really important. It's the most important time of the season, obviously. So, yeah, it's the best time to hit that run of form and the lads have been doing really well, you know, past few games. So, yeah, just got to try and keep that going now. Tom Lowry, back in blue. How long have we been waiting to save that and uh, Chiv uh, myself and uh, Mark just a few moments ago before that interview we mentioned the instant impact he made on Saturday came off the bench on the 60th minute and just five minutes later Pompey were ahead at Cambridge not directly involved in the goal per se in terms of scoring it or getting the assist but it was the, the first phase of play the chip over the top to Owen Dale, who was bearing, bearing down on goal, won the corner, which itself was taken short to Dale, uh, chipping in that ball to Colby Bishop at the back post. Mark's already mentioned um, the, the kind of what that would do for Colby Bishop and, and the kind of player he's been this season. But for Tom Lowry, Chiv, almost sort of setting up that phase of play which led to the goal. Oh, we've missed him, haven't we? Yeah, we really have. Um massive miss along with uh, Rafferty that they've been huge players that we've been desperate to get back and it's so good to have a player of that quality just available in the squad you know and I hopefully that you know he can put the injury troubles aside and um, not convinced we should chuck him in at every opportunity like I'd be very surprised if he starts tomorrow I can't believe he's gone from that long out to being able to start a game and do 60 minutes straight up but it's just quality a really good to have a player of that quality available it can only be a positive thing yeah, absolutely. Okay, don't forget, Pompey fans, all the usual ways to get in touch back home can be found on our website, expressfm.com, if you don't know them by now. Right, we've heard from Tom Lowry already tonight, and very soon we'll also take a listen to the post-match comments of John Musino, who was full of praise for many people at the weekend, but none more so than his set-piece coaching staff. 
I would love to come on camera and take credit for it but the only thing I'm going to take credit for is handing the set pieces over to Joe because he's so good at it and the lads as well because the lads listen and they take it on board and set pieces are really crucial we, we saw that the other night when we scored three against Bolton and another one today they can be the difference Join us for part two of the Football Hour next This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. Find out more information over at stagecoachbus.com. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Ian Chiverton and Mark McGee here tonight as we discuss all of the weekend's action, including the uh, Pompey women's trip to Nottingham Forest in the FA Women's National League Cup semi-final and also the men's trip to Cambridge United's Abbey Stadium. John Bassino's side were victors... uh, by one goal to nil against Mark Bonner's use who occupy a relegation place as things stand. And uh, Chiv, it's very well um, talking about victories over the likes of Bolton Wanderers who are flying high in the division right now. Fantastic three points that was for Pompey not so long ago. Uh, Cheltenham Town as well, a very mid-table team at the moment in danger of perhaps being sucked into a relegation battle, but a dominant 4-0 display from Pompey at Fratton Park. But when you go away to someone like Cambridge United, who have not really got much expectation against Pompey, but they are fighting for their lives at the wrong end of the table. And I think as it proved on Saturday, Chief, these games can be just as difficult as the home matches against the teams that are flying high, like Bolton. Yeah, definitely. Definitely so, because, you know, primarily teams down the bottom, their main aim is not to lose. Whereas if you play a team in the playoffs, they're trying to win. So the game can be a bit more open. Um, it's the old classic, isn't it? If you've, if you've watched or been around football and watched it long enough, you'll be fully aware when you get to the last 10 games, if you've got teams in and around the relegation fight, you know, only a naive person would say, well, you know, that guarantees points. It doesn't. I'd probably rather play someone up the top end than someone down the bottom end. I mean, we could have found ourselves a couple down at half time. They were fighting so hard at the weekend. So, you know, I'm very interested to see how the game pans out tomorrow night. Yeah, and uh, Chiv mentions there the, the possibility that it could have been a very different story on Saturday. We know it was a very difficult opening 45 minutes for Pompey uh, up in Cambridgeshire. Nil-nil the scoreline going into the half-time break. It took until the 65th minute for that deadlock to be broken through Colby Bishop with his second goal in as many games. Looking at the stats after the match, possession relatively even. But in terms of shots um, towards goal, uh, both on and off target, Pompey with five, Cambridge United in 23rd position, 17. 17 shots to five in favour of Cambridge United. But it was Pompey who came away with that 1-0 victory. And speaking to some Cambridge United fans and 
members of the local uh, media teams and, and journalists from around the area pre-game, they all highlighted the, the big issue with Cambridge United this season, and that is that they do struggle to find the back of the net, despite how many chances they make. The likes of Joe Ironside, who previous seasons has been firing on all cylinders. He's only got six league goals this season, the same as Sam Smith. Rather, an unholy return for him this campaign. And Mark Pompey perhaps could have counted their lucky stars at the weekend, but it wasn't a different story. And the three points were secured rather than either a defeat or being held to a frustrating draw against Cambridge United. Despite the fact that, you know, we mentioned that they do struggle to put the ball in the back of the net, you can't allow that many chances against any team in this division. Yeah, I mean, 17 shots is, is, is an incredible amount. And I think. Uh, like Shiv said there, I guess you've got to really give credit to the fact that they are fighting for their lives at the end of the day and they're going to want to bring it in front of their home fans as well. And I think I think we find it a lot that a lot of teams tend to raise their game against Pompey as well because we're such a big name as well, such a big household name. Um, but I think that's testament to our form right now that we managed to stave off 17 shots, still come away with a 1-0 victory. Yeah. Um, despite probably not being our best, but um, I think that goes, yeah, goes credit to our form right now. And uh, Chiv, kind of moving forward a little bit to the next game for for Pompey, they travel to Barnsley tomorrow. Something we will review or preview rather uh, in in greater detail shortly. But we mentioned the amount of chances that Cambridge had on goal on Saturday. You go to a team like Barnsley, unbeaten um, since uh, unbeaten in a very long time. Let's put it that way. I think it's since uh, mid December um, at. Oakwell, they're a very strong side, unbeaten and eight in all competitions um, overall, home and away uh, recently, they're sick from the table they are one of Pompey's supposed playoff rivals if the Blues are to get to that stage um, at any point this season, to allow 17 shots towards your goal against a team like Barnsley, it won't be the same kind of story as it was against Cambridge would it? No, it won't be, but you know, if there's one thing I've learned over the years, each game is unique I mean, for we know we could I mean, we're all hoping this would happen. We could go out there tomorrow night and limit them to just two or three shots. You just you just don't know. Maybe you defend better when you know you're coming up against more offensive sides in the, in around the playoffs. Don't know. Um, each game is unique. Um, it's the one thing for sure. I mean, we're, we're holding on to the hopes of a playoff place by our absolute fingernails, aren't we? <laughs> um, and I think if we're going to... The next two games are absolutely critical. We need to absolute bare minimum of four points but if we're really realistic about trying to sneak in we've got to get six points yeah. that is a massive ask it really really is it really is but you never know Bolton of you course <laughs> you beat, beat Bolton you think you can beat anyone give them a form but of course Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday at Fratton Park um, over 70 points now in the division they are the team to beat as things stand but they've got the matter of Barnsley to get through first tomorrow evening uh, mentioned within an email from Alan a few moments ago um, the injury to Ronan Curtis that is something we will talk about here on the Football Hour in around about five or six minutes time but that will come after we've heard from the head coach John Musino. he spoke to Max Swatton after the full time whistle on Saturday afternoon who first asked the gaffer how he was feeling with that result yeah, not a vintage performance, uh, I think, and, and, and not pretty. A really tough game against a side who I will be surprised if they end up um, not in this league next year because I thought they were really good today and they give us a really stern test. And they've got some really good players and <laughs> they're coached really well as well. So um, I thought all of those factors, towards the back end of the season, when you're playing sides that are in the bottom four 
and they are playing for their livelihoods and um, they're scrapping like that. It's very, very difficult. So to come away with three points is really, really pleasing. Certainly a slow start. What did you say at half-time to the players? Yeah, so I, I sort of took the took the slow start on 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 my own shoulders because we'd um, we'd expected Cambridge to press us slightly differently, and sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes you watch all the footage you want and they do something differently, and, and all of a sudden it pops up in a different way. So um, we made a couple of adjustments in terms of how we were going to get out with the ball and how we were going to play. And I thought for the first. I suppose 20 minutes of the second half up until we scored the goal we were excellent in, in terms of our possession we were a lot more purposeful we created a lot more space we got Joe Morell on the ball a lot more and we created some really good opportunities maybe not chances and we were probably quite low on the old uh, chance count today but we created some really good opportunities and that was really pleasing because I think the longer the game went on I think the more joy we were going to get the um, I suppose the only thing the only negative is when we scored naturally we sort of went five yards back and, and took a foot off the gas um, and didn't quite replicate that the first 20 minutes of the second half but ultimately we, we'd done enough with all those factors you mentioned in your first answer just how important does that make that victory oh hugely i said to the, the guys in there when you've um when you've had a long old football career career like myself you know that um those sort of victories are are just you know that they're massively important the the, the cheltenham's at, at home when everything's great and you end up winning four nil yeah, that, that's brilliant but when you have to come away and, and, and grind out a win uh, away at Cambridge and like I can't emphasise it enough they're a good side um, who yeah like I said they, they, they're decent enough uh, to cause problems and when you do that and you do all of the, the right things like we did especially when, when we went 1-0 up in terms of our defensive responsibility the, the blocks the, um, the work rate just making sure that we didn't give them anything uh, hugely important it's yet another well worked set piece goal in the second half a slightly different routine this time around albeit but it's another goal is that a product of something you've been working on on the training ground yeah don't ask me ask our um, set piece guru uh, Joe Podomo but genuinely genuinely it's, it's, it's brilliant for me the um, the amount I can hand over to, to Joe and he's, he's so good in that area and, and such an expert I would love to come on camera and take credit for it but um, the only thing I'm going to take credit for is handing the set pieces over to Joe because he's so good at it um, and the lads as well because the lads listen and they take it on board and set pieces are really crucial we, we saw that the other night when we scored three against Bolton and another one today they can be the difference in the way we defended as well um, just I think we all know I think we all know how important they are Tom Lowry, I don't think the fans stopped chanting his name in that last half an hour. How pleased are you to be able to bring him back onto the pitch? I didn't, I didn't hear it. Were they singing a song about him? <laughs> yeah, it was not, I just said to him, hey, you're, you're really popular, mate. That's all I heard for the last half hour. And it was, it was great. He's not played, I think, since September. And he's had a long old road to um, recovery. And he's done brilliantly well to, to keep his head down and to come back into, come back into the fold over the past few weeks. And it's been a slow process then because we wanted to make sure that we get it right from a physical standpoint. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was great. He nearly came on the other night and, and didn't. And, and actually, probably testament to him, we, we brought him on in this type of game where it is very scrappy, but when the ball settles and we, we can actually play, we, we felt that there would be some really good opportunities for him to, to come out on the other side of it. And he, and he did, I think he affected the game really well. We, he ended up playing sort of out on the right towards the back end and he's got to have that flexibility. But um, overall, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm as pleased as the fans are to see him back on the pitch. And Tom Lowry doing what Tom Lowry does, almost set up a goal as soon as he came on and then played a massive part in the, in the set-piece goal as well. Yeah, and, and exactly that. That's the quality that we know we're going to get from Tom. Uh, he's, he's shown that throughout his you know, short career so far and there's, there's a huge amount of upside to what he can achieve. And so it's keeping him fit and, and keeping him healthy and, and you know, making sure that we sort of build up his minutes slowly. Uh, that's, that's the key part of it because he can produce that and we know he can.
One change in terms of team selection. Dane Scarlett came in for Ronan Curtis. What's wrong with him? Yeah, unfortunately for, for Ronan, we got some bad news late yesterday afternoon. And uh, yeah, Ronan's got a serious knee injury. He's, he's torn his ACL, which was a real was a real blow for everyone. Um, yeah, I can obviously tell by your action. That was my reaction when I when I got the news. We just weren't expecting it because of how innocuous the injury looked. And Ronan tried to play on night. That tells you everything you need to know about the guy. So uh, yeah, really really disappointing in terms of um, what happened to Ronan. But um, you know, we'll make sure we get that right in terms of rehab and what's right for Ronan. And we have other players that come in and and, and affect the game. And um, you know, Dane's one of them and Dane's done brilliantly well in the game so far to um, affect them, score goals, come off the come off the bench, only put in a really good shift today, probably didn't get a huge amount of joy on the attacking side but put in a, a very good shift. Yeah, certainly a big blow for Ronan there and our best wishes to go out to him of course. Just one final one from me in terms of the support today, they didn't stop chanting throughout the whole 90 minutes, how much did they help you get the victory today? Um, massively, it's, it's probably what it was a bit like, um, a bit like kicking into the fratten end of the second half. It's just the ball sucked into the back of the net somehow, and that sounds like a strange thing to say, but it, but it actually happens. It um, at times it felt like a, a home game. It, it did it. Um, it did it. Plymouth. It did it. Peterborough. When well, saying those two, because we lost those games, and I, I still heard the, the fans for the entire 90 minutes. And, and again today, it was just nice to reward them because it's a it's a long old trek up here. It's just nice to reward them with an away win as well. John Musino speaking to Max Watson after a full-time whistle at Cambridge on Saturday. So uh, a positive result for the men at the weekend. Mark, three points, another goal for Colby Bishop, trying to really uh, cut that gap now between Pompey and 10th and those playoff positions. There is still hope amongst the supporter base, even if it is a little bit minimal as things stand. But the, the, the massive blow and the really bad news, Mark, is that Ronan Curtis uh, came off uh, in that win against Bolton on Tuesday night and it's been confirmed by John Messino but he uh, has got an ACL injury that is something that we don't know the full extent of how long it's going to keep him out but we usually see players out for quite a considerable amount of time it could be anything from four or five months to in some cases 12 months uh, a year so yeah a big blow for Ronan Curtis Mark and, and a really sad sight to see as, as we look to try and end this season on a high and Ronan Curtis was a, a big influencer in what's been a, an upturn of form in recent weeks Yeah yeah and, and like you say Jake um, I think I think John Messina's style of play as well and just the way he's played Ronan Curtis recently we've we've seen a bit more of the old Ronan Curtis that we, we saw when he first joined Pompey. I think I've even seen the player himself go on record and say that it's nice to have a manager who understands me and plays mm-hmm. me in the position that I want. And, you know, he's 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 picked up a goal recently, he's starting to pick up some form. Um, and, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a massive injury. And it's, it's gonna he's going to be out for a long period of time. I mean, I've, I thought to myself, um, you know, he hasn't really ever picked up a, a, a massive injury that's kept him out for, for a long period of time. And, yeah. Maybe that maybe that might aid him. He's he's normally quite a consistently fit player, and and like John Messina said, when I saw that injury occur, it didn't didn't look too troubling, but uh, just goes to show you never really know. Worrying for for Ronan on a, on a personal note, perhaps Chiv. Um, obviously, I'm not I'm not in a state to comment about it too much, but his contract is up at the end of this season. An ACL injury, if it does keep you up for or out for, you know, between five and, and perhaps sometimes twelve months, we're not likely to see him between now and the end of the campaign. Possibly not at the start of next season either. Um, how does that leave his future? And as a supporter of a club, 
is he the kind of player you'd take a gamble on? Not, not take a gamble on. He's not an injury-prone player. That's not what I'm hinting at. But someone with an ACL, do you give him a new contract? Are they still in your plans for next season? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because um, I think from a fan's point of view, you want the guy looked after. Yep. Uh, he's got a young family. I wouldn't want my club not looking after him. No. Uh, he got injured while representing the club. But on the other hand, our owners are businessmen. They're not going to throw money away or risk money. I mean, maybe they'll come to an agreement where, you know, we we deal with his, me- from a medical point of view, we deal with his recovery. Yeah. Maybe he goes on a reduced contract while he tries to get back fit again. And if he can prove his fitness, we can, he can go on to an improved contract mm-hmm. after that. That would probably work well for both parties. Yeah. I can't see it. I mean, I'd be shocked if they gave him a new deal based on sure. a massive knee injury. But also, I, I don't want him released either. I, no. I, I do feel the club have a duty to look after him. Yeah, from, from, from a from a personal, from an, an, an emotional aspect, it's something you don't want to see happen. Uh, it, it, it's perhaps, perhaps that scenario where you, you want to see some sort of resolve come of it, but maybe from a from a footballing angle, it's uh, it, it certainly is a difficult decision to make. And I'm sure John Messino, uh, Richard Hughes, and everyone at the club will be uh, working hard to, to to come to a decision for that. But as we all know, Ronan Curtis has been an integral part of this uh, revival under John Messino, and, and hopefully there will be a place for him in the side next season and, and we certainly wish him all the best in that recovery um, let's get to a couple more emails before we do head into the third and final break of, or the second and final break of this evening's show rather Linda Mail's got in touch at least it was a win on Saturday the plus point was Tom Lowry returning to the first team action it's a shame about Ronan Curtis's injury just as John Messina was getting the best out of him this season seems to be the worst season for long term injuries in the next two games it will be interesting to see how far we've come under the new head coach player Pompey Linda Mail on the emails we'll get to a few more of those in the third and final part of tonight's show. After the break, the three of us here will be shifting our focus away from Saturday and to Pompey's next game. Barnsley await at Oakwell tomorrow night. We'll also review a hefty defeat for the Pompey women at the Holbrook Stadium on Sunday. Boss Jay Sadler describes his disappointment with the performance, but also about what his side can take from the game into similar tests in the future. These are the acid tests. You're coming up against top, top teams in the Northern Division and they offer different um, problems and we've got to find the solutions. Don't think we found as many solutions as we would like today as a whole group, staff and, and players um, together. But these are the games we want to be playing in. We, we want to play in week in, week out and we've got to take the learnings from it going into what will be another difficult game against Plymouth next weekend. More from Jay as well as myself, Chiv and Mark when the Footblower reaches its conclusion here on Express FM in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7. 
Express FM. Welcome along for the final time this evening to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as ever this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Now, it wasn't just the Pompey men in action this weekend. They secured the 1-0 victory at Cambridge on Saturday, of course, but the Pompey women as well. They took on a, uh, a jubilant Nottingham Forest side away from home on Sunday at the Holbrook Stadium in the semi-final stage of the FA Women's National League Cup. It didn't quite go to plan for Jay Sadler's side up in Nottingham. Let's hear how things unfolded at the Holbrook Stadium. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Hello everyone and welcome to the writing of another significant chapter of the story of Portsmouth women and women's football in Portsmouth. It is quirk in possession, moves inside the penalty, plays it short and plays it into the path of Harney, who has an effort, left-footed, just going past the posts. And for all of Nottingham Voice, attacking in 10, it's Pompey with the first chance. And well forget, looking to move it forward and out. Flip back, and this could be the opportunity for Pompey. Out on this right-hand side. Ball goes in towards the penalty area. Free kick goes against Pompey. First real set-piece Pompey have had in a dangerous position so far. He played 27 minutes here on 93.7. Express of M. It is Portsmouth. Nil, Nottingham Forest, nil, well with a free kick towards the near post, punched away by the goalkeeper, Ooh. but couldn't connect to the second ball, it falls oh. to the bottom. But her effort struck with a right boot, flies over the bar. This is Domingo, for now, right hand side, inside the box, has an airball goal, takes the face and doesn't quite fall for Greengrass. But this is O'Neill, right hand side, edge of the box here for Nottingham Forest, cross goes in towards Ooh. the stick. Cross goes in, towards oh. the near post, in the National League South. 39 minutes on the clock here at the Halbrook Stadium. It's Nottingham Forest 1, Portsmouth 0. Mrs. Rice, repossession on the right-hand side. Into the Peltier towards the near stick, cleared away by Barrett. But it finds its way. It trickles its way into the back of the net. Second time of asking. And it's Becky Anderson who gives Forest a 2-0 lead. And it is a mountain for Pompey to climb now if they are to make the final. Fires of the ball on the halfway. Bring it forward, Greengrass. In towards the penalty. Barrett can't keep chase. This is the finish of time for Forest. And it is the top goal scorer for Nottingham Forest who looks set to see them into the final. And in it goes for a four. There we go. And that will be that. And it will be Nottingham Forest. Courtesy of a second from Becky Anderson. That will participate in the National League Cup final. And the whistle does go, and it will be Nottingham Forest who make the final of the National League Cup. It is heartbreak for Pompey in the semi-finals. Four second-half goals for Forest seal their place at the Pirelli Stadium. As for Pompey, it's the furthest they've ever gone in the national competition in the National League Cup semi-final. It has finished. Nottingham Forest 5, Portsmouth 0. 
Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we go then. It was a 5-0 defeat for the Pompey women at Nottingham Forest yesterday afternoon. A game myself and Henry Deacon travelled to to bring you live exclusive commentary of. Uh, there was, for some reason, the fifth goal missed out in my highlights. But uh, yeah, probably probably for the best, actually. And it wasn't the easiest journey home either. Henry Deacon and myself were uh, had an ETA of 8.50. Took a, not a wrong turning, but the, the sat-nuff uh, didn't do us any favours. And we got home just after 11 o'clock, which was fantastic. So thank you to Waze. Uh, anyway, back to the football. I caught up with the head coach, Jay Sadler, shortly after the full-time whistle, asking for his assessment of his side's defeat. It's a really hard one to take. Um, we weren't ourselves. Don't know what it is. I've got to take full responsibility for that. We looked the shadow of ourselves. I think first 10, 15 minutes, um, we were bright. We were energetic. We got in our faces. Um, and I think as soon as they scored the first goal, dubious goal, and um, half time we, we knew we were in the game. We, we knew we just had to be a better version of ourselves. And we weren't, simply as. Second goal's gone in, heads have gone down. And unfortunately, this group, um, we crumbled, if I'm being honest. I mentally probably crumbled in a position we're in with the fans that are trapped down it's a big moment for us and, and I think we let it slip through our hands we were speaking on the commentary about that first half it was quite an even affair until the goal goes in do you think that opening goal right before the break do you think that ultimately just killed it off yeah massively and it's handball <laughs> so we've watched it back and it's handball in the in the lead up it's hit the arm and we haven't got the rubber to green I felt we didn't get the rubber to green in the game today not just from the officials you felt like all the first balls second balls they were dropping to them and we just had to stay mentally in the game and, and we did that and, and I felt coming in at half time we knew we hadn't been the best version of ourselves we knew we'd probably give them too many spaces and through the transition they hurt us yet second half them spaces got bigger the units we, we kind of wanted our front unit were pressing our back unit didn't want to join in and the spaces are there when you come up against top top teams like Nottingham Forest they will punish you and I felt today they punished us and we've got so many learnings to take from it and whether it's down from our preparation how we how we did it right now it's such a difficult moment to kind of put your finger on where it is obviously I'll take the accountability we've got massive apologies to make to the 100 odd fans that have travelled up in their numbers um, we're really grateful for that and yeah it's a difficult a really difficult result and, and performance to take Learning is a big word um, you mentioned there um, we've played with London City Lionesses this season in the FA Cup narrow defeat and miss in that one Nottingham Forest today aside chasing promotion in the Northern Premier Division Are these the kind of games that d- despite the result you take learning from the ambition is to get into the Championship at some stage over the next couple of years whatever that may be games like this the kind of moments you, you, you really do utilise as much as possible yeah and these are the games these are the asset tests you're coming up against top top teams in the Northern Division and they offer different um, problems and we've got to find the solutions don't think we found as many solutions as we would like today as a whole group staff and, and players um, together but these are the games we want to be playing in we, we want to play in week in week out and we've got to take the learnings from it going into what will be another difficult game against Plymouth next weekend and just finally Jay before we do let you go how do you pick yourself, your side up for that game next weekend so the biggest thing now is about staying together we have to stay together and that's the one thing that makes Pompey special is the unity the unity within our group it's very special so right now when one hurts we all hurt I'm hurting I'm hurting for the girls as well there's only so much you can do when they're, they're out there you've got to influence them and it, and it hurts but we'll, we'll get the girls just down together it's one result won't define our season we've had a fantastic season the girls have been terrific this year they're competing on all four fronts coming March and, and if you'd have said to me at the start of the season that would have been the case would have snapped your hand off so yeah, there's a lot to take from it. We've got to take the learnings. We'll sit down, we'll reflect, um, we'll come back. And, and it's it's how you react now. It's, it's That's the biggest thing. And, and if you're Pompey, you've got to come out fighting. And, and we certainly will do that.
Ian Chiverton joins us on the show tonight as well. Chiv, you were at Nottingham yesterday, uh, one of uh, just under 100 Pompey fans making the, the trip to the Holbrook Stadium. A, a great effort from Blues supporters and uh, a very disappointing defeat after what had been uh, a valiant effort in this competition and a fantastic run to get to that stage nonetheless. It was a very good first half from the Pompey women, undone um, by the goal right before the break as well. Good performance in that first 45, not so much um, in the second. Do you think the team can still have that pride to actually reaching that stage of the competition? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I appreciate that some people will be listening and won't understand the context behind what they've achieved this year. But, you know, this is a competition for tier three and below. um, And, you know, we've ended up getting all the way to the semi-finals and we're competing against sides who are semi-pro pay their players and we don't do that so to get all the way to the semi-final and i say you know right up to the first goal we we were more than a match for forest in fact we'd had the better chances mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> unfortunately you know that goal went in and you know as jay said the players heads went um they got a quick goal in the second half and then you know, I don't want to be too harsh on them, but the players did melt under the pressure of it. And um, they've got to learn from that because we've had eight big crunch games this year, you know, against sides around us at the top of the table or big lit cup games. And we've won five of them. That's brilliant. That's unbelievable to do that. And and a massive game next weekend against Plymouth Argyle as Pompey look to return to winning ways after back-to-back defeats in both league and cup to both Watford and Nottingham Forest respectively. That game against Plymouth Argyle won't be hosted at the usual Wesley Park. It will be at Baffins Milton Rovers PMC Stadium. Kickoff is two o'clock as the Pompey women play host to Plymouth Argyle. A tweet in from Andy Swatton who says, despite the defeat yesterday, another way to look at this is if we do win the Southern uh, Premier Division and Nottingham Forest win the Northern, we will now know uh, we'll be up against known opposition and we can play tactics accordingly with an emphasis of imposing our game on them and nullifying known threats. Thank you to both Andy and, of course, Chiv for providing their assessments from yesterday's unfortunate 5-0 defeat for the Pompey women away at Nottingham Forest in the National League Cup semi-final. Right, back to the men. They take on Barnsley away from home tomorrow evening in League One. It will be a massive, massive test for John Musino's side. And you can't help but think but a victory there would go a long way into securing what will be a very, very big end to the campaign. Let's take a closer look into uh, the opposition that awaits at Oakwell. And it's pre-recorded me to deliver it. It's back on the road for the Blues again after Saturday's victory at Cambridge. Oakwell is the midweek destination for John Messino's side, who are now unbeaten in five. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Colby Bishop's second half header was the difference between Pompey and Cambridge at the Abbey Stadium at the weekend as the Blues made it three straight league victories. Barnsley await them for their next challenge for a match that had originally been penciled in for schedule for the start of September. Manager. The Tykes are playing under the guidance of former Cheltenham boss Michael Duff who took to the helm of the South Yorkshire outfit last June signing a three-year deal with the club. Duff had spent just shy of four years at Cheltenham, whom he guided to promotion from League Two and into the third tier in April 2021. That was the club's first ever automatic promotion success in the Football League. The now 45-year-old's efforts with the Robins hadn't gone unnoticed, poached by Barnsley just over 12 months after that promotion success. Since arriving at Oakwell, Duff has overseen 23 wins 
from 41 competitive games in charge. One to watch. Barnsley's number 30, Adam Phillips, has been labelled as our one to watch on this occasion. Phillips joined the club for an undisclosed fee from Accrington Stanley back in September and has since represented the Tykes 21 times, scoring six goals. The 25-year-old plays predominantly in midfield but has had more success in front of goal lately, scoring three in his last four appearances. Top scorer. With 10 goals under his belt across both league and cup this season, 27-year-old forward Devante Cole is currently Barnsley's top scorer. The former Manchester City youngster, son of former Pompey striker Andy Cole, has found the back of the net on nine occasions in the league, securing that sole other goal in a 3-0 FA Cup victory over Crew Alexandra back in November. Cole has only scored two goals in his last 13 outings, however both of those came in the same game, a 4-1 win at home to Derby County just two matches ago. Current form. Michael Duff's side have enjoyed success in recent games, in fact they're unbeaten in their last eight league outings. The Tykes last tasted defeat on the 14th of January, that was by a scoreline of two goals to nil away at Charlton. Prior to Saturday's goalless draw at Bristol Rovers, Barnsley had won four on the bounce, scoring 13 goals in the process. Recent results include a 4-0 win away at Cheltenham and a 4-1 victory on home soil against Derby County. These such victories have ensured the side remain sixth in League One, the same position they occupied when they travelled down to Fratton Park for this season's reverse fixture just last month. The Blues could edge even closer to the playoff positions with what would be a massive win over the Tykes, whereas defeat could see them as much as 12 points behind that top six. Which way will this one swing? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Another massive game for John Messino's Pompey tomorrow evening away at Barnsley. And very quickly, Mark, you can't help but feel this one, given the nine points between Pompey and Barnsley, defeat for Pompey could see them as far as 12 points behind their playoff places. A victory could see them as close as six. Big, big game. It is a really big game, um, but I think I've sort of accepted in my mind that, you know, playoff is a really big ask. And, um, you know, uh, although we've been in great form, I'm, I'm not overly expecting a massive result against Barnsley. I'd like to see us push them and challenge them. And I think based on our recent form, we could really put them to the sword. But look, it's not the be all and end all at the end of the day. No. Uh, very quick score prediction from yourself there, Mark. You know what, saying that, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory at Portsmouth. Love it. Chiv, score prediction, please. Pompey taking on Barnsley tomorrow night. 1-1. Uh, 1-0. One, one. One I think both results uh, wouldn't go amiss for Pompey fans. Of course, a victory would be the icing on the cake. I'm going to go for I'll go for a 2-1 nervy victory for Pompey at Barnsley tomorrow. And a big, big well done to the Pompey fans. Over 1,000 of you travelling to Oakwell for the game. But if you're not travelling to South Yorkshire, catch us on Pompey Live from 7. The unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey's winning run continued as they claimed all three points against Cambridge United. Now it's going to be whipped in by down towards the far post. Header is into the net. Colby Fisher. Pompey have weathered the storm. Cambridge nil. Portsmouth won. Up next, a tough challenge as Pompey visits sixth-placed Barnsley. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
That's right, tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock is when Pompey Live returns for the Blues trip to Oakwell, taking on Barnsley in League One. Massive, massive uh, game that will be for John Musino's side. And a big thank you to everybody who got in touch on the text, tweets, the emails this evening. Thank you to everybody who tuned in but didn't get in touch on the show tonight as well. Uh, a big thank you as well and a big shout out to both Dave Byrne and Gav Jones. Didn't quite have enough time to read through your emails this evening, but Rest assured, I'll make sure Robbie reads them out on Pompey Live tomorrow night at Oakwell. Big thank you as well to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour here on Express FM. But the biggest cheers this evening goes to my two guests for tonight's edition of the Football Hour in Chiverton. Uh, thank you very much for your contribution tonight. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'm sure we'll speak to you very, very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. And likewise to Mark McGee. Mark, thank you very much tonight, mate. And uh, again, likewise, I'm sure we'll have you back on the Football Hour within no time. Yes, cheers, mate. Up the blues. Up the blues, indeed. The Football Hour returns this Friday from 6. I'll be joined by both Tom Chappell and Brendan Tertiet from the 4-0 Written All Over It YouTube channel. We'll be hopefully reviewing a victory for Pompey at Barnsley and looking ahead to the visit of Sheffield Wednesday to Fratton on Saturday. But until then, Pompey fans, have a great week. See you tomorrow. Play at Pompey and good night.